So, so there are caveats, but if you have money that you're willing to lock away for a long period of time and earn a 25% automatic return and grow that portfolio tax-free, then a lifetime asset is a very attractive account as well with an additional benefit, which is different from the pension, which is at the age of 60, you could take everything out tax-free. Mm. At the age of 60, you could take everything out tax-free. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro, my Donny Jacks. How are you today? Yes, 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 yes. I am good, Peter. I'm very well at the point of recording this episode. We are approaching spring when the sun oh, comes out and the flowers blossom. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favourite uh, seasons. Uh, of course, summer is my number one season. And I'm looking forward to it. This is always a, an interesting time. We are approaching the end of the tax year and the beginning of a new one. So this episode is going to be so uh, beneficial and educational for a lot of our listeners, especially here in the UK. But even those in America and around the world, I think some of the things we'll talk about is going to be very relevant to them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know what you're talking about in terms of approaches, Sphinx, man. It's just a reminder of the warmer times to come, man. Looking forward to summer. we got a lot of things planned for Woke Finance in the summer as well, as well as a few fundraisers as well. So stay tuned for that for our listeners. But I'm um, always a good, um, always good to catch up, uh, Jackson Touch Base. But yeah, as you said, um, it'll be great to, uh, I guess, get into the episode, um, in regards to what we're going to do and talk about. But before we do that, just a massive warm welcome to our listeners wherever you are in the world. We appreciate you. We see you. We recognize you, man. And we just have lots of gratitude for your ongoing support. Um, so thank you very much to our listeners and a massive welcome wherever you are in the world. Um, but Jax, no, you're so right. Um, as it is approaching spring here in the UK, it's all, it's also approaching the end of our tax year. And I'm going to, you know, quiz you a bit in terms of just maybe going into a bit more detail what that actually means for the everyday individual. But, you know, every, pretty much most countries have some sort of tax year um, that they need to sort of be, um, you know, following or aware of. So although we are talking about the end of tax year here in the UK, as you said, hopefully quite relevant to anyone wherever you are in the world. But first of all, Jax, the tax year, what does that actually mean for the everyday individual? Oh, great question. So uh, when we say it's a tax year, I mean, we have our different dealings. Uh, we may be employed. We may be earning an income uh, through, through employment or through business or through whatever means. And of course, uh, when we earn an income uh, and we earn profits, the, the taxman has to get his or her cut. OK, so um, there has to be a period, a measurable period for that. And that's where we introduce the tax year. Here in the UK, it ranges from April the 6th being a start and it ends the next year, April the 5th. So as we said, April the 5th is, is very fast approaching. Um, and here in the UK is the end of the tax year. What that means is whatever you've made or all the dealings you've done, we're going to calculate the tax. Um, but also what's also really important and probably what we will touch on more on this episode is the tax allowances that we have and how we can better make use of them in order to shelter some of our, our income from, from the tax man. We don't think paying taxes mm. is a 
bad thing and we definitely do not preach tax evasion we are mm. much more talking about tax avoidance where you can shelter some of your money from tax and use it for something beneficial as well of mm. course this is a tax episode but what we definitely will say is everything we give here is financial education and guidance but what i would say is be be careful and of course speak to uh, your tax advisor before you make any tax decisions Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you for that, Jacksman. So for the person thinking, well, by the time they listen to this episode, they're going to be thinking, okay, cool, a few days left. Like, gosh, I'm panicking. I have a few days left. What can I actually think about? Um, If not also, not just for the to, to do things before the end of this tax year, but how can I better prepare for the tax year from 6th of April onwards? Because um, I have a fresh 365 days after this as well. So let's maybe take a bit of a deep dive into that for the tax year end coming soon. Um, what can one really be thinking about? You mentioned allowance and stuff like that. What does that even mean and what can we be thinking about? Well, when we talk about allowances, we have several uh, types of uh, accounts um, and, and wrappers for which if we deposit our money into these things, we can shelter our money from the taxman. Um, some of these things always also gives us tax relief. OK, that's a bit different from just hiding away from the taxman, but there is tax relief. They were talking about pensions, for example. OK. So there are different accounts that you can use um, here in the UK, and I'm sure it's, it's similar in, in America and around the world. You can use these accounts to, to, to invest tax efficiently. But of course, remember when we are earning an income or we're investing, we earn income, we have we, we earn interest, we, we can earn dividends from, from being a part owner of a business. We can also share, uh, sell uh, things like shares or sell things like property, basically sell shares for a profit or sell shares for a higher value from which we bought it at. And that generally uh, realizes what we call a capital gain. And so generally speaking, uh, we're supposed to be paying things like income tax, um, dividend tax and capital gains tax. But along comes the tax efficient accounts, for example, the pension account for which if you put money into a pension, you receive tax relief. So here in the UK, every 80 pounds that goes into a pension pot uh, becomes 100 pounds. You earn 20 pounds, which is a 25% uh, lift, which is seen as a tax relief. And of course, if you are even a higher rate taxpayer, you can, you know, get more relief, though you would have to uh, claim that back from a self-assessment. But yes, essentially, when you put your money into a pension pot and you get that tax relief, it doesn't just stop there, Peter. Hmm. When you put money into a pension, it's often invested and it should be invested and it should grow. It's often invested in a variety of different assets, namely equities and bonds. And it could also be invested in things like property as well. But again, property provides income, uh, dividends can provide, uh, sorry, stocks can provide dividends and fixed income products that bonds can pay interest. Mm. However, because it's in a pension wrapper, you do not pay tax as well. And mm. so the key thing is we want to be able to get in as much of our money mm. into these things and shelter them away from tax. But of mm. course, there are allowances. You can't put all your money into these things or can you? Cool. <laughs> that is the question. That and you know what? That's why it's so important to be aware of this and the education piece because you know on 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 these you know um 
things that we're mentioning these these products you know where you do get tax relief as well or some sort of tax allowance and um, there's a variety of them so they might have a limit on 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 this particular product but what where can you put your your money into something else after that limit has been exceeded but just a very side step on that pension um um piece actually around the the allowance um and also the tax relief surge actually you, you know yours mentioned for every 80 pounds you put in you get uh 20 pounds back if you're a higher tax um payer as well you can claim even more back um through your self-assessment now for the person listening to this um thinking okay yeah but i'm i'm getting tax relief cool um but in 20 years or 30 years or 50 years when i retire and i and i come to withdraw i'm going to get taxed on that am i not so do you want to talk about the power of that time element of the the fact that your pensions are invested as well but let's i just want you to, to maybe touch on that a bit more for the person that is saying i'm going to get taxed heavily when I withdraw yeah 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 it's, it's, a, it's a misconception and it's a question I've been asked many many times um we know that yes of course uh you get tax relief going in going into a pension uh but when you come to start withdrawing there is potentially an often tax to pay and that's true what I would definitely say though is remember when you put the money in today let's say you're starting today you've got a 30-year time frame that money you put in and you get the extra tax relief compounds over a long period of time. Okay. Compounding is the eighth wonder of the world, according to Albert Einstein. Okay. Mm. It is where your money grows on the money invested and it keeps growing, growing at a faster rate exponentially over a long period of time. Now, the thing is, as it grows over that, let's say, 30 year period, there is absolutely no way that the tax that you're going to pay coming out can alleviate the benefits you've had over that 30 year compounding element. It doesn't even come mm. close, mm. okay? And one thing I would also say is there is ways to financially plan tax efficiently so that you're not paying heavily tax, mm. a huge amount of tax coming out. So the key thing is to first take away the ignorance of thinking that because you're taxed on the way out, that is going to kind of remove some of the benefits or all the benefits, absolutely not. Mm. And the second thing is to be aware that you can plan tax efficiently when it comes to withdrawing money from your pension pot later down the line. Now, um, thank you very much for that, Jax, man. Um, yes, it's definitely a myth indeed. So thank you for um, busting that myth. Um, on that as well, just sticking on, on, on pensions, here in the UK, um, you know, there's been a few changes with the recent budget. Do you want to just touch a bit more on the actual allowance or so I'm thinking, you know, maybe I just want to top up my, my pension put a bit um, before the tax year end? Yeah. Yeah. So so um, the tax year of 2023, 2022, 2023, uh, the one just gone basically or the one just going, um, we had an allowance of of how much we can put into our pension of uh, £40,000. Um, that's actually, you know, £32,000 from your money potentially and the tax relief claimed will be £8,000 taking it to £40,000. Mm. That is the amount that you can put in per tax year, okay? Um, that said though, there is uh, tax uh, allowances that you can carry over from previous years. I believe it's three years that you can carry over. Mm. So if you haven't used up your tax allowances, um, your pension tax allowances over the past three years, you can backdate it, but it's important to do it properly. Um, so that's that's important to know. And, and as you ju just said, Peter, the budget we had last, uh, just a few weeks ago now, actually, um, some of these rules have changed. 
So now it's gone from £40,000 to £60,000. That mm. is a huge increase. Mm. Okay. Uh, and, and for those people that are able to use up a lot of their pension allowance, that is a very, very attractive um, allowance to have. The second thing is generally with pensions, uh, not, not on, a, on a yearly basis, but on a lifelong basis, we had a lifetime allowance of 1.03 million um, that can be in your pension pot. Um, and, 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 and that for some people, of course, uh, those people that are quite wealthy, that's a headache because it means you're going to put that much in over the long term. Mm. That's actually been removed as well. Hmm. Okay. So what? <laughs> well, <laughs> when I say removed, I mean it literally. It has been removed completely. Wow. So for now, anyway, because remember, guys, tax rules can change. Mm. For now, it's infinite. You can put mm. as much money into your pension as possible in terms of the lifetime allowance. And that's, again, very, very attractive for those people that have ex- extra income or excess income. I don't really know what to do, do with it, but want to, um, you know, harvest in a very, very tax efficient way. Hmm. Wow. 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 No, absolutely. Thanks for explaining that, Jax. And I strongly encourage our listeners to listen to episode 66, which is the power of compound interest. That's also on our YouTube channel, Woke Finance, where we show a live demo of what could happen when you start putting money away and that money um, gets invested, but also builds up over time and compounds over time. And so you can get a rough idea of what is going on in products like your your pension pots as well. So strongly encourage um, listeners to check out that episode. That's episode 66. Um, Jax, we touched on pensions. Anything else um, in terms of what um, people might need to be mindful of as we approach tax year rent? Yeah, so let's, let's stick on the investment side. Um, we talk about, you know, pensions being a very attractive, tax-efficient a way of investing in fact it, it is the most tax efficient way of investing long term but it has got a, a brother or a sister or a cousin whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh, an account that is quite uh interesting um and, and for most people it's, it's actually preferred for some people anyway um the thing about pensions is as great as they are and this is actually a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you see it. Pro or con, I think it's actually a pro. You can't touch a pension until you reach a certain age. Mm. So um, until you, unless you're 55 by 2028, or it will be like 57 or 58, if you're 57 or 58 after 2028, that's when you can start withdrawing from your pension. But there is another account called the ISA account, okay? Predominantly the stocks and shares ISA where you can invest money that has already been taxed. So the money going in has already been taxed. So there is no tax relief per se, which means when you put the money in, generally you're not going to get that relief. So that 80 pounds does not become a hundred pounds. It remains as 80 pounds. But the good thing is that 80 pounds gets invested into whatever you decide. It could be a wide range of different assets, mutual funds, stock shares, and that kind of stuff. But again, those dividends, the interest, the capital gains, they are tax-free as long as they're bought within that stocks and shares ISA. Mm. Okay. So the great thing is your investments grow tax-free, even though you don't get that initial tax relief. Now, I'll say something that's extremely important, Peter. Just a few minutes ago, I said with pensions, you can uh, backdate, right? Mm. Right. So you can carry forward or backdate Mm. um, up to three years. You can't do that with with ISAs, mm. okay? 
So if we do not use um, your allowance, which actually is £20,000, okay, you have £20,000 here in the UK of an, of an allowance where you can invest um, and, and earn returns and not pay tax, basically. If you don't use up um, some of that allowance, and by the way, £20,000 is a lot of money to use, but if you don't use anything, then then you lose it. It goes. It disappears. It's gone. So... I mean, if my, me personally, I try to use as much of the allowance as possible. Mm. That doesn't mean, and, and again, another misconception is uh, if you use the allowance, it means you have to invest straight away. Sometimes, and this is something I've done over the past, Peter, is I would deposit the money into the stocks and shares I saw and keep it in cash over for a period of time until I'm comfortable enough to invest it. Mm. Just, just because want I don't... the money there basically exactly yeah yeah i just want the money to 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 be there to to have taken advantage of the tax allowance so that if i then decide that i do want to invest then i can invest and earn returns tax-free mm. so so this also shares isa is a family it's part of a family it's part of a isa family um so the, the isa is there are different types of isa is actually the most uh common one over many years was a cash isa mm. Um, where you can save money and earn, uh, earn interest. And that interest that you're earning, again, is tax-free. So you don't, you don't pay tax on it. Um, but of course, as we probably know, over the past decade or so, uh, interest rates have been so low that you end up not paying tax anyway. So it's not been the most efficient way of using your ISO allowance. Especially if you've got a long time frame, generally speaking, just stocks and shares has to make much more sense. Mm. You also got a lifetime answer. Now, this scheme, generally speaking, when a government comes up with a scheme, I'm usually not a great fan. <laughs> but I must say, this is one that I am proud of. The lifetime answer came about not too long ago. When it came to a place to help to buy ISO with additional benefits. Um, so essentially, you can put up to £4,000 here in the UK. And you get uplift, similar to the pension pot. You get an uplift of 25%. So up to £1,000 per tax year. And that money can be used again to invest in a variety of different assets. And the returns that you get are also tax-free. So it is a very, very attractive account. But there's no such thing as a free lunch. So one of the characteristics of the lifetime asset is you can't touch the money until the age of 60 unless you plan to use it to buy your first home. Mm. And that home has to be less than £450,000 or £450,000. So, so there are caveats, but if you have money that you're willing to lock away for a long period of time and earn a 25% automatic return and grow that portfolio tax-free, then a lifetime asset is a very attractive account as well with an additional benefit, which is different from the pension, which is at the age of six, 60, you could take everything out tax-free. Mm. At the age of 60, you could take everything out tax-free. And that's, again, very, very attractive to other people as well. Hmm. Now, now, Jack, for our UK listeners, actually, this one is for UK listeners on the Lifetime ISA in particular, which is a great opportunity to get um, extra money added onto the money that you put on in um, to your Lifetime ISA. Um, one of the things when it comes to buying a property and um, using the Lifetime ISA to buy a property is that you need to have the account open for at least 12 months. So even if, you know, someone listening now, even if you don't plan on using it or putting money into it later, there's nothing stopping you from opening and just putting one pound in for now so it's open. Yeah, yeah. P- Peter, I'll give you, I'll give you a, an example. One of my um, my financial coaching clients, um, she she when we had our session, 
she said to me that, um, you know, she's probably going to buy a property within the next few months, uh, three or four months. So, you know, once she she does that, then um, in our next year review, we will look at potentially opening the lifetime ISR mm. um, and, and using it as, as an account for, for a long term investing. And I said, well, that's fine. But ideally, um, if I was you, I would just open her account. And she said, that's a good idea. And I explained to her why. Lo and behold, for some reason, she didn't open her account. And then mm-hmm. we had our annual review the year later. And then a the year later, I said to her, well, um, so have you bought the property? She said, oh, no, there were some delays. But I said, there you go. Hmm. If you had opened a lifetime, I said, you could have actually earned a free £1,000. £1,000? <laughs> a free £1,000 and used that as part of the deposit. Um, so what I encourage people is just what you said, Peter. Even if it's just £1 or £10 or whatever the platform allows you to do as a minimum, get the account open and just keep it open. Get the clock ticking. Um, and then you can make decisions later. That's kind of my my, my, my view on it as well, Peter. Hmm. No, absolutely, man. Love that, man. Um, yeah, Lo- love it, love it, love it. And just for our listeners as well, um, we do actually have an episode which explains and goes to a bit of detail on ISAs, and that is episode 26. Can you believe, Jets, we made uh, we made this episode two years ago? ISAs Jeez. in 2021 to 22 explained. Um, so it would have been just before we entered that new uh, tax year. But for our listeners, we go into a lot of detail about the different types of ISAs, some of the things to watch out for. But Jax, maybe just as a very quick, a quick reminder, because people can go into that episode and go and listen for a bit more detail. Um, mm-hmm. If someone's listened to this, I'm fairly new to ISIS as well. Maybe just one or two tips to avoid um, certain mistakes. You, you mentioned yeah. about, you know, not taking certain things into the next year, understanding the allowance and things like that. And how many different types of ISA accounts you can open in one tax year, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, let me talk about some of the mistakes that I tend to see. Um, the first mistake is understanding that the £20,000 allowance is at the ISA level. Remember, there's different types of ISAs, right? We've got the cash ISA, we've got a lifetime ISA, we've got the stocks and shares ISA. We've even got the innovative finance ISA, IF ISA, okay? Um, so when we say £20,000, it's not £20,000 each. It's £20,000 at the top level. And so what that means is if you use, for example, the £4,000 um, ISA allowance um, in a lifetime ISA, okay, because that's got its own cap, it's £4,000. If you do use that £4,000, then you've only got £16,000 left to use in any other type of ISA. So that's important to know. Another question I've been asked from, from some of my clients as well is, if I if I earn a 25% bonus on the lifetime ISA, Right, so if I put four thousand pounds in and I earned a one thousand pounds bonus, taking it to five thousand, does that count towards my allowance? And the answer is no. Your allowance is purely based on what you deposit into the account. Okay, so it's the four thousand pounds that counts as your as your allowance. The next one is you can only have one type of ISA per platform per tax year. Okay, mm. and to explain that, what I mean is. You cannot go and open a stocks and shares ISA with Hargreaves Lansdowne, for example, and also go and open up a stocks and shares ISA with Vanguard, for example, and contribute money to both in the same tax year. Okay. You can't do that. You have to choose one platform, one provider to be 
the one that you use for that specific type of visor for that tax year. Okay. That said, you can have different types of visors per different platforms. Example, you can open up, let's say, a lifetime ISO with Hargreaves Lansdowne and have a stocks and shares ISO with Vanguard and contribute to both because mm-hmm. they're different types of ISOs. So that's something to obviously understand as well. What other myths are there? Another one is if you put money into an ISA, stocks and shares ISA or any other type of ISA and you withdraw the money, can you put it back in and still have the allowance? Mm. The answer is generally no. Okay. And why? Um, why can't you? Mm. Because you've used the allowance already. So whenever mm. you deposit money into the account, you've used the allowance. You can't take the money out to do whatever you want to do with it and then deposit that money back and say that you're actually, um, you know, putting that money back, basically. It's to stop people from taking money out and putting money back in. And and if um, you do put it back in, it essentially comes in as new money eating up into your allowance. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The new money that you put in, was every time you deposit money, regardless of whether you've drew or not, every time we deposit money, and that's the key mm. word we need to remember, you are using the allowance. Now, I must say, though, that there are one or two um, platforms that actually do allow you to do this. Mm. Um, they're called flexible ISAs. Um, they're, they're, there's not many. And generally, I, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I don't think most, most people are interested in it. Um, and I can't actually remember which platform it is, but there is one or two platforms that allow you to do this. Um, but generally speaking, when it comes to ISA rules, don't make that mistake. If mm. you take the money out within the same tax year, um, you can't just replace it. As long as you've deposited £20,000, you've used the allowance, even if you take the whole £20,000 out and try to put it back in. Hmm. No, thank you for that, man. And again, a reminder to our listeners, do take a um, look at that episode, which goes into a bit more detail, episode 26. But Jax, before we touch on any any other things that um, we might need to be mindful of as we approach the tax area, and let's just give a shout out to where we're getting new listeners or an area where we've just not given a shout out from in terms of where our listeners are and today we're going to give a shout out to an area called Blenheim which is in West Oxfordshire here in England oh I wonder who that is that's interesting okay welcome to the work finance podcast (laughs) lovely area oh you've been there before the area just looks good I'm just looking it up right now (laughs) the pictures just look amazing greenery everywhere Oh, you, you love your greenery. You love your greenery. Um, I'm, I'm more of a city boy, but I'm, I'm learning to love the greenery as well. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast. Um, you're here with myself, uh, Jack. I was going to call myself Peter just then. <laughs> you're here with myself, Jax, and uh, my brother, my co-host, uh, Peter. On this platform, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. Um, but Walk Finance predominantly was, uh, and still is, an organization, a social enterprise that provides financial education and mentorship and guidance um to young people especially from disadvantaged backgrounds so if you want to know more about what we do in the community um you can head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk uh sign up to our mailing list um and to hear more about what we're doing and that kind of stuff if you want to support us let us know as well and of course if you want to engage with us on our socials we're predominantly on instagram and that's walk finance team and of course if you're enjoying this episode please pause it and head over to uh whatever platform you are wherever you can rate us and give us a five-star rating. And if you're using the Apple podcast as well, please leave us a review. That would be very, very good for us so that more people can hear about what we're doing here in the World Finance podcast. 
come on, come on, come on. Yes, please do rate us. Um, and yeah, just a shout out to our listeners over there and all over the world. Okay, Jax. Um, I guess we've touched on a couple of things there. Um, any other um things to just be mindful of um as we're approaching the tax year end or maybe getting ready for the new tax year? Yeah, I th- I think you know, like I said earlier. Especially if you're self-employed, by the way, um, let's say you're a freelancer or, or you have a limited business, please get yourself a tax advisor. Mm. I think it's extremely important because uh, everybody's situation is unique and there are intelligent ways to manage your, your taxes. Um, and, and so I would always encourage people, especially those that are self-employed or, or those that are, have businesses or freelancing, to please get in touch with with not just an accountant, but a, a tax advisor. I think it's very, very important. Um, but the key thing is, is um, don't make any rash decisions. I say that, but I would also say be intentional <laughs> because we've only got a few days left. Um, <laughs> you, you don't have to rush with things like pensions because as I said earlier, you can backdate, okay? But with ISAs, you kind of need to be a bit more uh, action taker. You need to be more of an action taker because once it's gone, it's gone. Now, I would say um, don't just go in blind. That's the key. But what I would say is when you deposit money into a platform, you don't have to invest straight away. That's a misconception. I've seen that question asked many times. You can keep the money there in cash and even decide that over that the next year, you can actually um, break up your investments into chunks and do on a monthly basis with the money that's already inside of the ISA account, for example. Mm. That's really, really, really important. And I think I need to get that message out there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, I think the key thing is to understand these accounts and the you know the characteristics of these accounts. The ISA is generally my favorite for now, especially if, for young people. I think it's it's great to build up an ISA pot first and make that a priority, even though I think simultaneously you should definitely be putting money into a pension, just not prioritizing as putting too much money in for now. Because yeah. as I said earlier, you, you can't access it until uh, much later on in life. But if you're building a pension, uh, sorry, an ISA, and for some reason you need to access that money, you have it there. Mm. So I do think you need to select an amount of money that you're comfortable with, uh, a, a target, and grow your ISA portfolio to that target. And then when you're happy with it, then you can use um, your pension pool as your priority. Because again, that is the most tax efficient account and it will definitely compound your returns much faster than ISAs. If you are currently gaining tons of value from this episode, why don't you pause it right now and give the Woke Finance team a five-star rating? If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go one step further to leave a written review. It does wonders for getting the podcast in front of new listeners. Okay, back to today's episode. Absolutely, absolutely. No, man, lots of food for thought and, you know, there's a variety of different things that one could be looking at and preparing for as the tax year end, but probably more importantly, preparing for the new tax year as well. So, they, you know, this time next year, they can look back over the last 12 months and say they're happy that they made certain decisions. And um, one of the things, Jax, as well, very briefly, um, particularly for married couples here in the UK, 
um, for people to be looking at or be aware of, if you're not aware of, is the marriage allowance, which essentially, um, if there is uh, what one person within the couple is a lower earner, um, it allows uh, that lower earner individual to transfer um, some of their money within their personal within one's personal allowance to their um, spouse. Um, so essentially, reducing the amount of tax that you have to pay as a couple as well. So definitely um, something to 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 look into um as well because it's definitely something that can help significantly reduce um one's taxes within a tax year um jacks um i don't know if you've got anything else um that we wanted to touch on for but um we've definitely yeah. covered from ISS, which is super key and of course pensions man um yeah. so yeah. underrated yeah yeah and, and and actually this episode i haven't gone into uh marriage couples in too much detail but remember, all the allowances I've spoken about are per individuals. Mm. So as a couple, it's doubled. Okay. <laughs> so that, that said, even if we're using the 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 uh, stocks and shares ISO as, as an example, or ISOs as an example, if uh, one person is an extremely high earner and they use their, their stocks and shares ISO allowance or their ISO allowance per tax share, and they still have extra money that they would love to invest in a tax-efficient way, they can um, obviously use their, their partner's mm. allowance as well. Okay, of course, that comes with trust, but that's why you're married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> great, great seminar. Great uh, reminder as well. <laughs> we are, of course, <laughs> pro marriage over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, so, yeah, go ahead, Jack. No, I'm saying that's that. Like, I, I generally feel like, you know, building wealth uh, as a couple is, is, is much easier. Uh, there's mm. two incomes. Uh, you combine mines, the two will bring, I mean, one can bring 1,000, two can bring 10,000 down. Hmm. I, be, I believe it's something like that. So, um, yeah, let's 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 be intentional with our with our planning. But what I would also say is, um, I think it's important that we all do at least an annual financial review mm. um, with our personal finances. We look at personal finance holistically. So we look at our budgets. We look at our financial goals. We look at our, our insurance products. We look at our investments and retirement planning. I think we need to designate at least one day in the in the whole year, 365 days, one day to do this. And if you're in a couple, you do this with your with your partner. Mm. And I think it's a great time to do it at the beginning of a new tax year. Mm. Love yeah, it, man. Let's definitely do a, an episode on that short and yeah. soon so we can release one out as well, man. Because yeah, it would be great to take a bit more of a deeper dive and spend time talking about what that review could look like. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that, that's that's not the last thing I'll say. It's a great time to actually think about actually sitting down with your partner or yourself and creating uh, a yearly financial plan. Brilliant. Now, thanks for that, Jax, man. Thanks for the insight. I'm always a pleasure to just yeah break bread and go into a bit more detail on particular topics and hopefully our listeners um found that really useful and we did touch on the couples thing as well just to give you all a heads up um in due time we're going to be having a live episode um and it's going to be around marriage and money so that's coming at some point later on in the year but just to get our listeners um i guess ready for that as well and to find out how you can join that live session as well in due time but no jatsman thank you very much for that always a pleasure and for our listeners keep doing what you're doing liking subscribing supporting leaving good reviews and comments man and remember all stay well